podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday the day before Liverpool versus Tottenham at the Tottenham Stadium in the Premier League in what will be our biggest test of the league campaign so far. Now, Spurs have started the season in really good form under Ange Postacoglu, and it's perhaps a bit surprising that they've become so good so quickly under a new manager whose style of play is completely different to the managers that came before him. You think of... Conte, you think mostly a really strong defensive game, a lot of counter-attacking football. You think Nuno Espirito Santo, and you probably just fall asleep. And you think Mourinho, and you again think a really strong defensive game and mostly counter-attacking. Ange is very much the polar opposite of that. He's an attack-first coach. And his teams do tend to have some frailties at the back. And certainly this season we've seen with Spurs, there have been some frailties at the back, but thus far they've been getting by. The other reason it's a bit of a surprise how good they are is that they sold Harry Kane in the summer. Harry Kane is the best number nine the Premier League has seen in many, many years. One of the best players that in the league for the last seven or eight years, one of the, I'd say, five best players each and every season, KDB, Salah, Virgil, Kane, Sterling was in that group for a long time, Bernardo Silva, Ilke Gundogan, Sadio was in that group for a time. You know, some some guys flit in and out of that top five. Mo. KDB and Kane, I would say, were in it every year. Um, And for him to go, I mean, it took away their main goal scorer, it took away their main assister, but others have stepped up and they've done pretty well in the transfer market. And later today, myself and Carl will record the scouted and we'll go more in depth on their new players and, and what they've done. But fair to say that Ange has them playing well. Uh, 2-2 draw with Brentford on the opening day. Showed some character to come back from 2-1 down away from home. Potentially should have won that game. Beat United 2-0. Beat Bournemouth 2-0. Beat Burnley 5-2. Then beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 in a game that wouldn't be notable other than the fact that they were 1-0 down after 97 minutes and came back with two very, very late goals and again showed some good character. And again, showed good character in the most recent game they played in the league, which was the North London Derby. Away to Arsenal, they went 1-0 down through an own goal. Heads could have dropped, but they didn't. They came back, 
they were the better team in the first half and they went in 1-1 with a sun goal. In the second half, it's a very, very questionable penalty given against them. Saka scores and again, heads would go and heads have gone in previous years, but this time they fought back and scored within a minute. So really good reaction. Should have won that game with the better team and have been the better team in each and every game they've played this season. So they're four wins and two draws from their six games, 14 points. Obviously, we have 16 points, five wins and a draw. But I don't think we've actually been as impressive as them. But we have had we have had tougher fixtures than them. So it does balance itself out. Uh, we've both scored 15 goals. We've conceded five. They've conceded seven, which is a little bit of a concern for them. But they do play a very aggressive back for, like, their fullbacks, when it's Poro and Adoiji, they're both basically wingers. And then Van de Ven and Romero are very, very aggressive centre-backs. But thus far, it's working out well. And right now, I would say they're probably my favourites to get fourth. I think City, us, a gap to Arsenal, and then Spurs is probably how I see it working out. But don't tell Brighton, because they've just decided their gate crashed in the party. I think eventually the lack of depth in certain areas will catch up with Brighton, but Spurs have pretty good depth across the board. They will go again in January, I'd imagine, and bring in one or two more. Um, but, you know, when you look at their squad, it, it's it's inflated in certain areas. They've got five goalkeepers, certainly don't need all of them, and could, could do it getting rid of Hugo Lloris. They could do it a bit more depth at centre-back. That's the one area of weakness. You can't be rolling Eric Dyer out as your, your third centre-back. It just can't be done in in this day and age. They've got a, a great group of midfielders, a great group of forward players. They could do it a starting nine to make it all work. But when you think about Ange's team at Celtic and he played Koyugu there, I, I kind of feel like Son might be the ideal fit there and then Brennan Johnson off the left or Johnson through the middle and Son off the left can work both ways. But they're a lot of fun. And Madison's made a great start to the season and everything good is coming through him. So uh, if he's fit for the weekend, it will be uh, it'll be tough for us because Alexis is going to have to keep a close eye on him. Uh, we got good news in that Trent is back fit. Now, I still think I'd be tempted to start Joe Gomez the next two league games on the basis of Sun and then Matoma or Johnson and then Matoma. That kind of pace is what what does trouble Trent. Uh, Stefan Besetic has had a little setback. So he is set to miss out at the weekend. Um, Klopp said he will be in the squad, Trent. He didn't say whether he would play, but he'll be in the squad. And Besetic is definitely set to miss out. He's got a calf injury. I'm assuming he was feeling it a bit before the midweek game against Leicester, and that's why he didn't start, because that was kind of the surprise exclusion. I'm guessing that's the thing. And Klopp just says it's it's sort of a an aftermath of him having been out so long that as he ramps up, he's just picking up the odd niggle. Right. Um, we got... 
I don't want to say big news yesterday, but we got news yesterday that we have a new minority owner. A company called Dynasty Equity have bought into the club a share somewhere between 2.5 and 5%. The money from the sale, which is somewhere between 83.5 and 167 million. I assume it's 83 now for 2.5% rising to 167 for 5% in, you know, in, in time. Uh, that money will go towards paying off debt that sits on the club right now. That is debt related to the stadium expansion. It is debt related to some COVID overruns. It's debt related to the tra- the training ground. So, look, th- th- this is just a way to keep the balance sheet looking healthy. It means that we won't have to service those debts and the interest on those debts. So the money that would have been spent on those debts can now be put into the team. And that's all we really want, isn't it? Is more money put into the team. The club generates more than enough money. The problem is that all of the debt from stadium expansions and training grounds, etc., becomes the club's debts because the the owners are unwilling to pay it. Now that's that's my biggest gripe with them, is that they could and should have paid for the stadium expansion and the training ground from their own pocket, because they're the big proponents of FFP. FFP allows for owners to pay for infrastructure upgrades and it not to count against your financial fair play. It doesn't count towards your profit and sustainability. But the owners wouldn't do that. And that's my biggest gripe because the 200 odd million that we spent on those improvements, that could have funded four or five or even six really good players for Jürgen. You know, I'm not talking about 100 million pound players. I'm talking about, you know, six 30 million pound players and maybe a 20 million pound player lobbed in on top for a bit of depth. Think of the players we've bought in that 30 million range. It could be six 35 million pound players or there, thereabouts. You know, like think of the players we've bought in that price range over the years and how, how effective we've been shopping in that market. Could have been five, 40 million, four, 50 million pound players. And the difference that those players would have made, we wouldn't have ended up in the situation we ended up with with our midfield so poor. Our defence wouldn't need a rebuild next summer. We would have a much stronger squad and we'd probably have more trophies. We'd probably have a couple couple more league titles, at least one more, maybe two more we'd probably have at least one more European Cup. Probably just the one more. But, you know, if we had two league titles and two European Cups or three league titles and two European Cups, things would certainly... Like, it's been fun, obviously, but it would have been a lot more fun, you know? But anyway, Destiny Equity. Now, of course, certain people, and I won't name names, but certain people have decided to take this as an opportunity to have 
you know, a bit of a meltdown to make up some lies and seek their engagement because maybe, you know, maybe views were down. Maybe they weren't getting the clicks. Maybe they weren't getting the ad revenue. So they've just had, you know, they'd never heard of this company, by the way, before yesterday. They'd never heard of this company before yesterday. I'd never heard of it. You'd never heard of it. This company is a mystery to us. Very easy to find out about them. You can go online and look them up. They're highly respected individuals. They seem to be a highly respected collective. The two main guys have a lot of good experience in the sports sphere. Um, interestingly, one of them has a lot of interest in the sale of a, a lot of um, experience in the sale of sporting enterprises. So you do wonder if that's maybe part of why they've been brought on board. So that in time, when the club, when the owners decide that the club is is to be sold, that we don't have to, you know, bring in outsiders from Brain Group or whoever, that we have people internally who can take care of this. So we got tantrums of, this money will all go in FSG shareholders' pockets. No, it won't. It's going towards paying off the debt. Uh, secondly, I don't think you understand how wealthy the FSG shareholders are to the point that like the 80-odd million split between 12 or 15 of them, it's not really going to impact their lives. So they're not taking that money because why would they? It makes more sense to reinvest it. We saw nonsense like, this is just the start. This will lead to the club being sold off in pieces. No basis for that at all. No precedent for that at all. No legality to doing that either. And no financial logic in doing that either. Because, frankly, finding 20 people to buy the club bit by bit by bit will cost FSG more in legal costs and taxation than it would to just sell the job lot. So, you know, there was nonsense about LeBron James. Just to clarify once again for the people out there that, you know, demand that others do research while the extent of their research is a 30-second Google LeBron James does not own part of Liverpool anymore. LeBron James owns part of FSG. If you go and look, you will find very clearly that he was bought out of his Liverpool shares and he was given FSG shares in return. It's not fucking hard, lads. It's really not hard at all. Like, it's not hard to just, you know, shut up to fuck. You don't need to whinge every time something happens. This is not bad news. This is not a complete disaster. This is something that doesn't affect you or your daily life or really the football club at all in any way, shape or form. These people will have no say in the day-to-day running of the football club because they've bought 5%. For them, it's an investment. They won't invest a single penny in the club 
They literally just fucking did. They literally just did. Anyway, uh, loads of good stuff on this is Anfield ahead of the Spurs game, so do check that out. There is a predicted team on Liverpool.com. There's a piece about uh, Erling Haaland for some reason. Um, Barcelona makes $322 million statement as Real Madrid could show transfer error Liverpool wouldn't make. Christ knows how they've managed to shoehorn Liverpool into that. Jurgen Klopp eyes 64 million former Arsenal man as Liverpool removes Jordan Henderson. Uh, that's Danielle Mallon. So that's a big no. Uh, that would be a big no on Daniel Mallon. Um, Liverpool have taken down a, a picture of Jordan Henderson at the AXA, and apparently that's um, that's news. Doesn't play for the club. Why would he? Why would there be a picture of him? There's a piece about Gravenberch, a piece about Darwin, a piece about Legohead, uh, another piece about Gravenberch. There's a piece about James Milner. Oh, it's the, the new James Milner. It's about Curtis Jones. Um, on to AnfieldIndex.com. There is a piece about the takeover and David Ginsburg and what he's had to, his involvement um, he's part of the FSG sphere. He's also connected to uh, Dynasty Equity. So he's the one that's broached this deal for us. Um, Jan Mulby talking about Darwin Nunes and comparing him to a young Robbie Fowler on the most recent Mulby on the spot. So do check that out. Inside the FSG Dynasty deal. So do check that piece out as well. There's a piece about Gravenberch. Uh, Mo Chatra has put together some analysis of the um, the, the new inv- in investment and pointed out how it will indirectly enhance transfers, which is what I was talking about earlier on. With the debt gone, we don't need to service it anymore or pay it off, or a, a chunk of the debt gone at least. Um, so that means there is more money to put towards transfers because that's kind of how it works, you know. Uh, Podcast-wise... There's the new Moby on the spot, which is a must-listen, as always. It is Trev and Jan. There is Scouser Tommies with Jay and Jim, so do check that one out. There is a rival recon, uh, Harry Setti talking to Seb from TIFO. Uh, TIFO had a piece on Curtis Jones yesterday. I think it's yesterday. I saw it this morning. I think it came out yesterday. Um, JJ Bull, I, I can only assume he's hopped up on amphetamines or something because he's <laughs> mental. Um, but yeah, check that one out. And there is a scouted to be recorded today, which will be recorded live at two o'clock. So in a few minutes. And uh, it'll be out then straight after that. So yeah, give that a chance when you have five minutes. Well, an hour, really. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you Monday. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.